Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Rangers Rabble Academy Review number 10. Uh, joined by Derek, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, William. Thanks, yourself? Aye, all good, thanks, mate. Since we've got so much to talk about with the three games rather than just the two, I suppose we better crack on with it. Start off with East Kilbride. Obviously, I think most of us at the start of the season felt they would be one of the strongest teams at this level. So, you know, we probably felt it was going to be one of our biggest tests so far. Uh, what did you make of that game? So, yeah, it was a great result. I, I, I thought, I've been saying to you all season that they would be the gauger, um, them and a couple of others. But the fact it was 2-1 uh, is a great result for the boys. EK are going big this year to try and get up because yeah. I've mentioned before, there's a four or five West of Scotland teams that are hot on their tracks that will probably overtake them um, next season and the few seasons after it. So I'm not saying I was surprised that Rangers we won. I'm not saying I was surprised, but it was a real good test that they came through on that yeah. one. And to get the victory was was pleasing. Yeah, I think that was a big thing for me as well. I wasn't actually too sure what to expect. You know, when you look at their squad, they've got a lot of SPFL experience. Oh, yeah. And compared to some of the other teams we'd played in the season, the, you know, each team had a couple of players. But then you look at that East Cobride lineup, and you've seen guys that's played in the Premier League Several of the guys had played in the championship, so you knew if it became a physical contest, we probably weren't going to win it. So mm. I thought the good thing from my point of view is that we could set out our stall early on and we played some really good football. Um, I thought in that first half in particular, we played some really good football. Mm. And obviously we managed to get the goal with Tony. Tony got a wee bit of luck when the ball kind of broke to him on the spin, but then his finish was absolutely, absolutely top class. What do you make of Tony so far this season? What's your... <laughs> You know, your well, thoughts. Well, when I was doing a bit of research for, for today, it was, you know, Tony Weston was in my pad more than anything else was, you know, <laughs> and as you said, he scored 11 goals, but he's just, a, at this level, pace kills teams for me. Um, yes. And he's got that in abundance, but he's also got quality in the end up. The clips that I've seen, etc. He, he, he's, he's a real handful, you know, and, and he's only going to get better. You know, he's 18, he's at Tony's 18, isn't he? Is that right? 
he's the eye, so he'll be 18 if he's up this year if he's not already. He's really got a, a decent future. He's um he's learning all the time in this league and he's he's, he's he looks like a quality striker to me. A, you know, a hard worker but with quality end product, which is never mm. a bad thing. So fingers crossed he can keep kicking on this season. I suppose that's what it's all been about. This lone league venture is to give these guys a platform to go and improve. Yeah, no, absolutely, mate. And I think I think Tony has has surprised quite a few people. You know, obviously, we've seen a wee bit of Tony, but not that much because of what happened with the pandemic. We weren't able to really see him play that many games, but there was an excitement around him because, obviously, like, he'd been at Blackpool. There was a lot of clubs that were looking to try and sign him. We were fortunate enough to get him at that point. And I think this season, so far, he's shown that he's a very talented player. And as you say, he's got that pace to burn. I mean, I think, like, the first game of the season, I think, as I said to you before, you know, when somebody pulls their hamstrings trying to chase you, you know you're usually pretty quick, you know. Um, just jumping back into the game, obviously after the defeat to civil service strollers, there was a bit of concern when East Kilbride equalised. It was obviously a deflection. You know, the goalkeeper had no chance of saving it. Mm. Was it a worry at that point at 1-1? Or do you think that it was just a lot of Rangers just getting back to doing what they did best? Well, I, th- I think, as you said, they said that they played, they played football. They've done that the whole season. Obviously, they've had that bump against uh, CS civil service strollers, of course, but to come back to get to one each shows this team's got a bit a bit about them for me. Yeah. Um, it'd be easier for to, to fold. East Kilbride have got some uh, experienced players, as you've already mentioned, Chris Miller, you know, and and, and, and people that have played at a really really good level. Um, and the, the fullback is just Nate, Greg Wild, and the fullback that just went right out of my head they got from Kelty. So when it went one each, it was really soul searching for them, especially losing previously. So to get to go on and win that game will do them the world of good. And as we'll talk later, it's it's really kicked them on for the rest of the month. No, I think the big thing for me is like I mean, you always spoke about Chris Muller, and obviously I'm pretty sure Chris Erskine played that day as well. Mm-hmm. And that was a guy who had basically been playing at the kind of top two levels of Scotland for a good period yeah. of time. So it shows you the level of players that they've got, and that's not really something we, as I said earlier, we've not really come up against that standard of player so far in the Lowland League. So yeah. when Isco Bray rolled out that team, and you seen all the guys who had played at that level, it was great. And I'll say, absolutely delighted for Adam. You know, I think we spoke in one of the earlier podcasts about the two fullbacks being aggressive, and Adam is very much that. You know, yeah. when you actually watch the game back, you can see Adam is basically standing on the halfway line, and he's waiting for that ball. And as soon as that ball starts to go forward, he's gone. Mm-hmm. And he gets the ball, and he checks inside on his wrong foot, of all things, you know. But, I mean, it was some strength to win the game, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've just got a real identity throughout the club at the moment. You know, the 18s had a good one yesterday. I've seen and scoring plenty of yeah. goals. That's that's what it's all about for us. You know, we've got to get our fullbacks high up the pitch. We've got to play possession football because at the end of the day, uh, we've got to replace. We've got to make sure that it's great this Lowland League and we want to go and win it and do the best we can. But the ultimate goal is to get these boys in the first team. And it's yeah. important that we play the same way. So it's great for fullbacks scoring goals. I mean, you see it in the first team week in, week out with, with Tav and Borna. So if Andy Vine and the rest can really chip in, uh, with goals, then they're going to catch attention of Stephen Gerrard, and, that, and that's what it's all about for these boys. Yeah, absolutely. Right, we better move on to the next game because we spent like six minutes talking about that first game. It's going to go. So, Dumbarton, I mean, I think for most, also looking back at how well we've done in the Challenge Cup previously, I think Dumbarton was a fair test. I think playing against you know, League One opposition, okay, they're part time. But yeah, again, like you look at the players they've got, they've got some good players at that mm-hmm. level, they've got guys that have got a lot of experience. And I mean, yeah, again, I think I said that in the first game, it was complete control in that first half. 
I know yet again, obviously, we obviously had Nico Catty and Jake Hasty playing. Of course. But I felt that uh, Alex Lowry was unbelievable that night. That's, I mean, to me, that's one of Alex's best performances that I've seen him put in. And if he can do that against League One opposition, it shows you the level that Alex could go to. And mm-hmm. in that first half, obviously, Jake put his ahead with a really, really, really good strike, actually. And then the second goal was a lovely work goal where obviously Alex got on the end of it. But what did you make of the overall performance in that 3-2 win? So, yeah, I mean, it was a step up for them, of course, playing Dumbarton. Um, I honestly don't think there's much difference between East Kilbride and sort of League 2 teams, right. to be honest. But Dumbarton's just that wee bit ahead for me, so it was perfect for them. And, and when I was watching the live updates from yourself coming through on Twitter, and it was great to see. And when I watched, um, I watched the majority of the highlights in the games, we, we really looked full in full control, which is so pleasing. Yeah. Especially maybe it's because we're used to the pitch and you know I'm not sure, but some everything seemed to click on the day for them. And yeah. as you said when we spoke about it previously, Dumbarton started to have to put the boot in at times and that that's always a sign that you're 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 in control, which is great. Obviously with a bit of a harem scare them that uh, times are, <laughs> I seen the goals come in three one, three two, but as you said, yeah. you know, really felt that you know, we're going to lose that game, and that's that's brilliant. You know, the Challenge Cup we have been decent, and as you said previously, and, and we've came through the the, the hardest uh, hardest challenge that we've had so far. So, all positive, all good. As I say, Katic watching him look rusty. I'm not sure how much he actually yeah. helped the boys beside him. Uh, obviously, not no fault of his own. He's come back from a horrific injury. So, although we did have Katic and Hasty playing, the, the boys likes a Lowry and the established B team members really played their part and stepped up to the mark against against superior league opposition. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I mean, anybody that watched that game who isn't obviously a Rangers fan, for instance, if you were to watch the Rangers B team play against Dumbarton, you'd be probably think that we were the better team. Yeah. And then you would wonder where Rangers are in that pyramid system and then you see we're playing in the Lowland League. So I think, yeah, again, that's just another thing for, for clubs in the SPFL to look at and see the standard of football that these boys are playing. You know, it's usually like Nico struggled in that first half, mainly due to the fact he hadn't played a lot of minutes. I mean, Jake obviously impacted the game with his goal, mm-hmm. but it was still the younger players in that squad that stood out. You know, obviously, just going back to Alex quickly. I mean, Alex was outstanding. Some of his movements, some of his touch, and I think he was obviously starting to annoy some of the Dumbarton players mm-hmm. in that second half a wee bit. And yet again, they started to become a bit more, a bit more physical, you know, a bit more aggressive. And to be honest, I quite enjoyed the fact that we responded to it. I quite enjoyed the fact that like Cole McKinnon got involved in a tackle and then two players get booked and Cole wasn't prepared to stand back and accept that. That's it. Aye, that's yeah. it. Dora, I think for me, like, just, like, for me, like, that's important because it's a part of the game that maybe we don't really talk about that much. But mm-hmm. that is part of the mental side of the game, isn't it? You know, well, Cole McKinnon's obviously... Of course, Cole McKinnon's obviously been in loan at East 5 before, so yeah. a bit of a, a bit of scrap in League 1 and League 2 is, is not a... It's not hard to find when it comes to that. So, and plus, Cole McKinnon's had that sort of upbringing in terms of youth football, and he, he'll he's well, he'll be well versed in how to stick up for his teammates. And that's a quality that you will need to be successful as a football player. Everybody that makes the professional has got some a bit of that about them. In my, well, most people, sorry, has got a bit about them. And Cole McKinnon. I don't want to say he's an enforcer because that totally takes away from his football and talent. Yeah, but he's definitely got that in his locker. And I can't see too many teams been able to take the mic out. I mean, Ole is only 17, 18, 2003 born, I'm sure. He's, he's still going to be a bit of a man mountain for guys to try and deal yeah. with. And that's great. And it shows a bit of leadership that, you know, he's when he sees his teammates that are 
getting the boot put in him, he's ready to step up to the mark and protect him. But Alex Lowry has obviously been on your radar for multiple years, William. I remember watching him in a, a tournament abroad a, few, a couple of years ago, maybe just 2018-19, and he was the best ball player in the tournament. And I can't remember exactly what won, so apologies for that, but he was the best ball player in that tournament. And I just he's a guy that gets your, he's going to get bums off seats, and hopefully he takes that 18-19-20 stage that's so critical to Rangers players at this that time um, and his stride and he, we see him in the first team because, I mean, what a player uh, it could be. No, I think the exciting thing when you do watch Alex is you just don't know what he's going to do next. Mm. You know, and he's, he's got great feet, he's got great balance. It's the way that at times he'll just ha- have that wee burst of speed that just takes him away from somebody and I don't think they're expecting it. And then he's also got that kind of nonchalant penalty that he takes because like you watch the penalties and you think, that doesn't seem like a great way to take a penalty, but he basically mm-hmm. never misses. No. And I think it just shows you the confidence the kid's got. And I say, he's so exciting to watch. Same when you watch, like, Charlie Lindsay is exciting to watch. And I think that's a good thing about this team now. There's there's genuine excitement around the players, whether that's, you know, like Robbie and Adam that are playing fullback, whether it's Kyle and Leo at centre-back, the midfield three, now with Charlie McCann. We'll talk a little bit about him. Yeah. With Charlie Lindsay and Cole, and then you've got... Tony Weston, Chris McKee, Robbie Ewer, Alex Lowry. I mean, even the bench, when you look at the bench the other night, it was exciting to see the guys that were coming on. Like Ross McCausland's come back from injury. You know, also Lewis McKinnon coming on to get some some game time as well. And I think there's there's never belief, I think, like sort of within that group that they could go on to win this league. I know it's very early on to say that, but I think when you beat East Cobride, and then you beat Dumbarton in the Cup, I think that must give you a massive amount of confidence against all the teams that you're going to come up against moving forward, because how many are going to be better than East Kilbride and Dumbarton in the Lowland League? Not many is the answer. I think Bonnie Rigos will be up there um, yeah. for the league, um, but East Kilbride will be where they're about. So they've not started as well as probably liked, but they would yeah. like, but you know, they'll definitely be up there. And so will Rangers. Um, come, come May, Rangers will be there or thereabouts when the, when the medals are getting handed out. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Right, we'll move on to the last game because that's probably going to take the longest to try and <laughs> talk about. Um, I wasn't really too sure what to expect for Gretna 2008, if I'm honest. I think there wasn't really a lot on their website to kind of take in in terms of the players and the quality mm-hmm. they had and stuff like that. Because at the end of the day, there's not a lot... Like to see these teams, there's not a lot of ways to look at them and actually no. view them. So I think that's one of the issues. But obviously, when you've seen the team sheet and then like you've seen the guys that were out before the match, they were clearly quite a young team. I think maybe like 18, 19, 20, 21, they look like quite a young team. But clearly, like the biggest turning point in that match is the goalkeeper coming flying out of his box. He's got caught in no man's land. I think he was maybe looking to header it and it's kind of bounced on him. He's put the hands up. I mean, what do you do at that point when you're down to 10 men after whatever it was, like 10 or 11 minutes? And so, yeah, your, your game plans go out the window, you know, and yeah. of course they of course they went in front of, and everything. So <laughs> it was like, I mean, I bet you felt really silly after the game and there was only one way that game was going after yeah. that after that point. Rangers play a, a possession game. Uh, it was going to be a struggle for them anyway. Um, but with with that happening, it was just it was there was no way back for them. Now that's not to take away from the, the performance. It was fast. It was slick. It was nice to watch. Again, I watched uh, a good bit of the game, and we were a joy to watch at times. Now, well, that was due to circumstances, maybe, but you know the football we're playing is full of confidence because we're coming off the back of the two great wins that they had yeah. to had to battle for in, in different ways. So again, loads of goals. 
loads of loads of um, competition in place for places as well with a few changes. It was it was a great game, and you know nine one always doesn't you know sit right with some people, but Rangers will not be caring and they'll, they'll take confidence from that going into the next game. No, and I get that. I get the fact that people will say, "Well, what do you gain for a nine one win?" Well, I suppose the one thing you gain is like Chris McKee coming in and scoring a hat trick. Chris has yeah. missed a lot of football with injury. You know, he managed to score three goals in the first half, which would have gave him so much confidence, given that he's missed so much football. Robbie Fraser scoring one goal, never mind two, is freakish. <laughs> Robbie Fraser uh, scoring a header is even more freakish. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen Robbie score a header. Just but, one of the games, eh? Yeah, look, and like, you know, I keep going back to it, and you spoke about it earlier. The fullbacks are very much in the mode of the first team in terms of we want them to be aggressive. And the fact that I think it was Adam that put in the cross for Robbie to score one of his goals mm-hmm. shows you exactly what Tav and Borna were doing for the first team last year. Yeah, And that's exactly how we want the B team to play. So for Robbie to get his two goals in that game, for Adam to have scored against East Cobride, that shows you how high our fullbacks are up the pitch mm. and I think over the course of this season for the people that do come to watch the B team they'll see that in abundance as to how aggressive the fullbacks want to be in this team yeah. but I'll just talk to you quickly on Tony Weston he obviously scored another three goals yeah. I mean what do you think Tony's best position is you've obviously seen him playing in the wide position you've seen him playing through the middle what do you think he's most natural so I think he's probably more natural. I've seen obviously maybe seven or eight games, um, the large majority of them. He's probably more natural out wide. He looks more comfortable in his cell. Right. But I love him through love him through the middle because of the centre halves don't know what to do with him. No, you know they don't know where they drop off because if they give him that yard to get ahead of steam, he's going to get away from them. He can't. Sure. They don't want to be too close because he'll just nick it in behind and he's off. You know, so it, it's very hard to mark. So. I know I've kind of contradicted myself because he probably prefers playing the front of the three, uh, right or left of the three. I like him through the middle. It's like at Wobbenkrans back in the day. You know what I mean? He's he's, he's fast, he's direct, and centre-halves do not want to... They want a battle. Centre-halves want a physical battle. That's always what I've always said to, to, to even my strikers at my team. The centre-halves want you in front of them. They want to go for headers. They want to see anyone that can spin and go down the side with pace. Yeah. They do not know what to do. And I see Tony Weston as an absolute centre-half's nightmare if he plays as a number nine. Yeah, I mean, he's got a wee bit of everything, Tony. And I think that's the one thing that's slightly surprised me this season is actually how strong he is. Mm-hmm. Because you probably see the size of him and think he's going to get bullied, he's going to get pushed, but he actually doesn't. He's actually no. got a really good kind of core strength within him that he's yeah. able to hold players off. But it's the fact that out of the 11 goals that he scored, well, that's in friendlies up in games for the B team in the Lowland League. Mm-hmm. The fact that he scored goals from through the middle and wide, so it shows yeah. you that he's great no matter where he plays within that front three. And I think, like, if somebody had asked me at the start of the season, was Tony Weston a guaranteed starter? If somebody had asked me to write down their first 11, I don't know if Tony would have been in my first 11. And I think it was just because we hadn't seen that much of him. Whereas mm-hmm. we'd seen a lot of like, Alex Lowry, we'd seen a lot of Chris, we'd seen a lot of Ross McCausland. Charlie Lindsay, so we knew these guys a little bit more, but Tony has certainly been a standout this year, and if he continues to score the goals that he's been scoring so far, I mean, he could be looking at 30 plus goals this season, oh, easy. easy. And I think, easy. And I think for Tony, that's just like another step in the ladder for him, yep, as he's goes next in his career. Mm-hmm. Right, I just wanted to go over quickly, what have you made of the new signing from Manchester United, Charlie McCann? What um, do you see him and... 
what do you think his best position is? Because he's obviously played a couple of positions so far since coming in. He's an absolute beautiful football player. You know, right. I like I like the fact he takes the ball in any situation. He's came from Man United. He's like he's a, a great upbringing, of course. Yeah. Uh, so looks like a bit of a coup for the club to get him. To be honest with you, I think he could he could really kick on. I, I, I mean, I think he could play anywhere across that that kind of middle three, if you like. I don't see him being uh, across the three. Sorry, I don't see him being bothered or, or, or uncomfortable anywhere. To be honest, he's just a good good football player. Oh, he's looking forward all the time. Uh, obviously got a few assists as well. I can, I mean, I've only seen a couple of games of William, so I'm kind of trying um, yeah. to catch up now. I'll, I'll see more, probably more of an opinion next month. But honestly, he just looks like a beautiful football player. And fingers crossed that he kicks on because he looks like a, a Stephen Gerrard Rangers type player. And I'm probably that's why he's been signed with a view to try and push in the first team the next couple of years. But very exciting um, to have this this amount of talent in the B team and Charlie McCann will supplement that, no problem. Yeah, I think the thing that's really kind of stood out for me so far is his balance. Mm. You know, he's got that ball and he's running with it. He never looks like he's out of control. You know, you watch some players who are running at pace and you kind of think, oh, he's maybe the wrong touch there and he's lost his balance. He looks totally comfortable and he's obviously played as a six. And then I I think he moved into an eight in one of the games and then obviously Mm. he he was kind of used as a 10 the other night. But the way that Rangers play that midfield three, there's always somebody making that run, but yeah, he looks completely comfortable mm-hmm. in that midfield, regardless if it's a, you know, a 6, an 8 or a 10. It just looks like he's a he's a natural kind of midfield player that can just like sort of glide into different positions within the pitch. Yeah. And I think one, I think it was a game against Dumbarton where he made a run. I think he took about three or four guys on, and then like the goalie made a really good save, but if he'd scored that, that was probably one of the best goals you would have seen this season. Yeah, But yeah, again, like it was him that set up the goal for Tony, if memory serves me right. He just flicked it through the defender yeah. and Tony put it away. So it shows he's got lots of different parts to his game. And I think the more he obviously plays with the group, the more he gets used to how each individual player plays. You know, I agree. I think in a couple of years' time, this guy has got a real chance. Yeah, definitely. You know, well, that, I mean, I don't know if he's current kind of like training regime is. I don't know if he's part of the first team maybe and he's getting some minutes with them or he's just with the B team all the time. Because also there's not really videos out there for a lot of that stuff now, so you mm. don't really see it. But clearly the fact the club's paid a fee for this lad and there's obviously like sort of, you know, several add-ons that could take it up to a much higher fee. The club obviously sees something in Charlie and the fact that they've managed to entice him to come to Manchester United, to come to the Angels... Right. Especially to play in the lower league. I mean, like, without being disrespectful, Charlie was obviously playing some under twenty three football in England. So, you, I mean, that could be deemed to be a slightly higher level than what the lower league is. Of course, yeah. So maybe some guys look at that and say, "Well, is he actually gaining anything playing?" But the reality is, he's still playing men's football, and that's what some players need to make that next step. Well, it's a sink or swim sort of thing, isn't it? Some people might go into their shells, but yeah. boys like Charlie McCann, McCann, Charlie Lindsay, Leon King will not, and no. McKinnon as well, they'll not, it'll, it'll really, really bring them on. So I think he'll, um, I think he'll do really well this season, and I think come next summer, or even the summer after, he's only 18, he's got plenty of time, you know, he's plenty of time to push his way into his plans, but he looks a complete midfielder, and obviously Steven Gerrard seems to like these sort of players who can be fluid and play across that three, so... I mean, I don't see, as long as he keeps progressing and, and working hard, I don't see, I see him having a big future in the game, definitely. 
Right, we'll just kind of look at the next kind of run of games because yeah. that's when the next pod will obviously kick in. So we've got Edinburgh Uni uh, on Saturday. We've got Stirling Uni first tomorrow night and then it's Vela leaving. Um, without being disrespectful to any of the three teams, I think there's an acceptance that Rangers should be looking to win these three games. You know, um, obviously Vela leaving had a bit of a torrid time this season. They've lost all seven games. Edinburgh Uni, I think I've got two points from the opening seven games, and Stirling Uni's got seven points from the opening seven games. So, as it gets a lot of Rangers, you know, like sort of get out there and being professional and taking care of business. I fully expect Rangers to be top of the league after these next three games. I think they'll get nine points to nine. I don't see the rest of the league being that uh, consistent. So, I fully expect next time you're talking about this for Rangers to be top of the Lowland League. Shoot, it'll be nine points out of nine, barring any major disasters. I've spoke quite frequently on Twitter and, and on pods previously that the bottom half of the Lowland League is, um, you know, not of the standard required for the fourth tier of Scottish football. So, uh, sorry, the fifth tier of Scottish football. So, I fully expect Rangers to take care of these three teams. And that's not disrespectful, you know, they, they, all these guys work hard and they're honest players, of course. But, you know, I just, with Rangers' results recently, I expect them to take care of all three teams and be top of the Lowland League by the time by the time you talk next in a couple of weeks, William. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was just something I was going to come on and talk to you about for the last few minutes as well. Obviously, obviously being involved at like the kind of level below that yourself, what do you think that league will look like in three to five years' time? What do you think that like the standard will be at that level? And do you think it will make a difference to the SPFL as well? I think the league, the, the league two, will be unrecognisable in ten years' time, William. Never mind the Lowland League. You've got Davo. I have to say first, in case anyone's watching, you have Davo. <laughs> you have Clyde Bank. You have Cowan and Rangers. You have Auck and Leck. I could probably go another three or four, William. Right. Um, who who are, in my opinion, at this bead as well. Who I've seen beat East Kilbride already this pre-season. My mate's the manager, so I thought I'd give my name a wee plug there. These teams are all better than every single Lowland League club in most right. ways. More organised, better training, better players, facilities better. You know, in terms of, depends what you like, if you like old-fashioned grounds, etc. You've got Pollock as well. You know, I'm at six or seven teams out of a 20-team league that I've said could push their way into the League 2. Never mind the Lowland League. I expect whoever wins the West of Scotland League this year, hopefully Darvo, they will win the, the playoff and they will be in the Lowland League next year. And I expect that to happen over the next six to ten years with every team that's coming up underneath that. If you even go out, out, out below um, the, the Western Scotland Premier League, you have teams like St Caddox who are spending a bit of money uh, and getting in good players with, with good managers who will be pushing into the Premier League, who will be looking to go to the Lowland and beyond. I predict that in ten years' time, there will be ten West of Scotland teams in that Lowland League and it will be unrecognisable. And after that ten years, there'll be four or five that will push us straight in to League Two also. Um, so, as I say, that's no disrespect to the Lowland Leans teams. It's no disrespect to the Highland League teams who they'll need to play or the East or the South or any of these teams. The West of Scotland teams are looking strong. They've got a bit of money behind them. They've got a great fan base and I just see them taking over in the next 10 years. And to be honest, William, as you know, I've not had these feelings. It's been needed no. for, for 20, 30 years. You have teams, and I'll not main, name them, but you have teams who just have been resting on this laurels on the disgrace of a pyramid that we've got in terms yeah. of you have to jump through hoops left, right and centre to get in the league. Slightly better than it's ever been now. 
but you see with teams that Cove Rangers, if we can go back to Peterhead, uh, teams like that, most teams who come up through the leagues end up rocketing up a couple and, and can reach the championship pretty quickly. So, I mean, I, I really can't stress enough that in 10 years' time, League Two will be totally unrecognisable. And in 20 years' time, the championship will be unrecognisable with the teams that are coming from the west of Scotland. And fingers crossed that that, that comes to pass. No, no, I do tend to agree. I mean, it does feel like when you look at the Lowland League, there's like a split within the league in terms of maybe the standard of quality at that top six or eight teams. And then it seems to kind of drop off a little bit. Mm. And that is obviously just down to money at the end of the day, isn't it? And as you say, when you look at like your east of Scotland and your west of Scotland leagues and stuff, I, the, like there's so much strength and there's so much money that, you know, these teams, like, it does feel as though it's only a matter of time before we see massive change at that level. But, I mean, even just going back to Rangers B to talk for the last minute or two, see when you look at the standard of players that we've got in this group, what what level do you think these boys, like, sort of could play at within this B team structure? So, if you're calling it an under-20s team, because that's yeah. kind of what it is, you're talking League One, in my opinion, and looking to try and challenge to win League One, in my opinion. Yeah. If you were to make it an under twenty ones, and we really supplemented that, and I, I, I don't, I mean, it's only a year, but for me, that's a massive uh, part of people's development. If you were to make it an under twenty one league, I'd expect us to be competing in the championship. Right. And that that's just my uh, opinion on it, and it's, 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 it's I've watched a lot of football, William, so it's a part of a, an educated guess, if you like. Um, I just think that if we were to get, I've said to you before. I would have applied for the West of Scotland and took two years as a new team. Stranraer in the South of Scotland League as a reserve team. So there's precedent there. They couldn't have yeah. said no to us. I would have went in the Lowland League, uh, sorry, the West of Scotland League, and I would have uh, worked my way up and they wouldn't have been able to stop us. And in a five years team time, you would have been in the League One in your own merit. Yeah. That's just my opinion. I think that yeah. I get that the drop down to the West of Scotland Conferees might have been too much for the boys, but you could have played under 17s, under 18s with a view to having an under-21 side yeah. in the league in five years' time. So I think we've missed an opportunity there. With all the fanfare and the people moaning and groaning, I, I don't see that happening anytime soon, unfortunately. But uh, it would be an absolute disgrace if, if Rangers Celtic or anyone else who wanted to weren't allowed that opportunity to, to compete in the pyramid, in my opinion. Yeah, because like, it does feel like Rangers and Celtic are the kind of test clubs this year mm. to see how this goes. And as you've said before, you know, there's nothing to stop other clubs like Hibs or Hearts or Aberdeen you know, to do that further down the line. And the no. fact that there's been such an openness, you know, to this potentially happening, like sort of below the normal pyramid, the SPFL part, it does feel as though this could be something that could happen over the next five to ten years. But we'll certainly carry on this conversation throughout the season because I do think we will see come the end of this season how much football is going to change because of the yeah. new pyramid. And I do yeah. think it's going to improve the, you know, the standard of Scottish football as a whole. Right, um, no problem, man. No, what I was going to say is, if anybody's obviously watching the pod, um, tomorrow night, Rangers be are playing Stirling United, Dumbarton, um, at 7.45. So if anybody's watching the pod, we'd like to go along and watch the guy. Make sure you get along. You can buy a ticket on the Rangers website. They're normally £7. Get along, support the guys. See if you can try and pick out any of the star players in that team. Then hit us up with a wee message or a wee comment to let us know what you think of the guys and how they've done this season. Thanks for checking us out again. We'll have another pod after the Vela leaving game because that'll be another kind of stretch of three games and then we'll see where we are come then. Hopefully top of the Lowland League 
And that's where that's where we'll be, William. That's where we'll be, hundred percent. I hope so. And then hopefully after that we'll be playing Air United in the Challenge Cup, which yeah, again that'll be a super test for our young guys, and that'll maybe get back to Derek's point that potentially we could be a team that could play in the Championship because if you can get by Air United, who are a very good team, then what's to say that Rangers B couldn't cope in that environment on a more you know regular basis? But thanks again, guys. Really appreciate you taking your time out of your schedule. Look forward to seeing you all again very soon. Thanks very much. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.